Hello, and welcome to the Ryan Frank Podcast, helping you think, work, and create like never before. Sarah has a question. I'm struggling to stay connected with my volunteers. What do you think is an effective way to connect with them? Good question, Sarah. Uh, It is difficult to connect with your volunteers during back when things were normal. And now, um, as a lot of you are still virtual, it's even more difficult to stay connected with volunteers. Uh, I don't know that there's one way to stay connected with volunteers. I think um, you try to go at it a variety of different ways. So it's kind of like a shotgun approach, Sarah. Um, I would connect with every one of your volunteers every week on their device. Uh, You can do that by texting. You can do it in a Facebook group. You can do it um, through email by sending out a video, uh, a YouTube video, or just shoot yourself making a quick video and text it out or email it out. But I would connect Sarah with everyone on your device. And then I would do your best to connect face-to-face one at a time. Now that might, I know that's going to be a little difficult for some of you, depending on where you're at with social distancing and so on. But I would try to at least connect with one or two volunteers one-on-one. Now, maybe that one-on-one is a phone call, personal phone call. Maybe it's a visit. Maybe it's getting some coffee or getting lunch. Um, But I would try to connect with everybody, Sarah, on their device. And I would do it frequently. And then I would try to connect one-on-one. Who's, some, who's one person I can connect with, one leader I can connect with um, this week and have a meaningful conversation with, whether it's, and maybe for some of you can do, have one meaningful conversation a day or a couple, but I would try to come up with an approach for everybody and it's probably gonna be using their devices and one at a time um, making those personal connections on phone or face-to-face. All right, Sarah, good question. Uh, Jenny, how do I get older kids excited uh, during worship time? That's funny, Jenny, because we just yesterday had a Kidman Academy live class. Uh, some of you were on that live class with Yancey, and we, that same question surfaced in the live class. How do you get older kids excited about worship? Well, it's never easy. You're always going to have a few kids especially older kids that don't want to do the motions. They don't want to stand up when it's time to stand up. But there are some things you can do. Uh, I would try to get the, those older kids involved as much as you can, even up front, so that the other older kids in the back see older kids up front leading hand motions and up front doing, helping to lead the songs. Um, I would also think about bringing the older kids up front, like all of them. Maybe for worship time, I was at a church a few months back where they had in their large group room, the rows marked for grades. They had fifth grade on the front row, then fourth grade, then third grade, then second grade, and first grade was in the very back. And they were really intentional that they don't want the older kids checking out in the back. They want those older kids up front to help them stay engaged. I would also keep this in mind. Think about the songs that you use. Uh, Who asked the question? Jenny? I would think about the songs that you use, Jenny, and make sure that they aren't um, kit songs targeted for those kindergarten or for the younger kids. Remember, 
uh, cool, Dale Hudson says, cool runs downhill. And so I would target with your worship songs, the older kids, the younger kids will pick them up and will enjoy them, but make sure the songs are age appropriate. Okay. Um, Kathy, do you think it's good to cross, to be cross-trained in all areas and teaching ages in areas uh, since a loss of volunteers. Absolutely, Kathy. I think it's good for you to be trained yourself. And I think it's good to try to tr have some leaders that you have trained, that if you need to put them in a three-year-old classroom, they're gonna be fine. And if you need to put them with the fifth grade boys, they're going to be fine. Um, one of the things that I have always done that's helped me, Kathy, at my church, and I recommend that you do it, is I always have a few lessons in a box ready to go. Um, so I've got a lesson in a box for early childhood and a lesson in a box ready for elementary. And I keep those in the resource room at my church and months and months can go by and I don't need it. But if I have a no-show or there's a last minute emergency and I'm needed to teach a class, or if I have a really good volunteer that I know I can hand them something and they can roll with it. I've got everything I need in that box. I've got the, a lesson printed off. I've got the props. I have some prizes. I have a few activities if they need to stretch the clock and it's all in that box. So I could theoretically grab that box and do it like a 30 second refresher and then I'm ready to go. But yes, Kathy, definitely think it's great to be cross trained in all areas of ministry. And I think if there's anybody that does that, probably it's you, Kathy, because I know you um, love to receive training. So great job. Ellen, we have a teacher in our daycare uh, that tests positive for COVID. We're blessed to be able to keep our daycare and ministry classrooms separate. But that being said, she had a two hour break when she was first showing symptoms. And before she was te tested, where she sat down in the room that we use for childcare for our ladies Bible study, our child care was less than 24 hours after she did this, and then we had our child care. Do we need to communicate this to the parents? Ah, that's a tough one, Ellen. What I would probably do, I feel like the correct answer, Ellen, is yes. If that happened, you should probably communicate it to the parents. But I would talk to your pastor about it, Ellen, and see what your pastor's comfort zone is, and you and your pastor make that decision yourselves. I could see that being a little gray, and I think if you decided not to tell the parents, I don't know that it's the end of the world. I think the safe thing to do would be tell the parents, but um, that's a tricky one. So my word of advice would be sit down with your pastor and um, make that decision together. Pastor, what do you think we ought to do here? And make that decision collaboration with him. Okay, hope that helps. All right, let me mark these as answered. Okay, keep those questions coming. It's good to see you all online here. Um, Jack, it seems like you get a lot of things done. How do you stay organized? Uh, great question, Jack. I do have a lot of things going on. Um, and I, would, I don't, but I struggle with the challenge of um, staying organized just like anybody else. Off the top of my head, the two big things. Uh, I am not afraid to delegate, so I delegate a lot. Um, and then, and let me speak about that for a minute. I, I'm funny about delegating. You have to be careful who you delegate to. 
Remember when Moses went up on Mount Carmel, he delegated and he left his brother Aaron in charge. And what happened? He came back down off the mountain and Aaron had built a golden calf, right? You got to be careful who you delegate to and when. So I'm careful that I don't delegate too fast. A lot of times on projects, um, I'll be very, very involved at the beginning. Okay. Um, and then, then I delegate and I'm still involved, but not as involved. So there's a little art in knowing who to delegate to someone that you trust. And there's a little art of knowing when to delegate and what to delegate, but you have to be willing to delegate. Um, especially if you want to grow your capacity and if you want to do more, um, most of you know me because of I Love Kidman and Kids Matter Magazine and Megacon and Kidman Academy and all those are great ministries that we have going but you're right I've got other things going on um, outside of that and I could not do it all if I didn't delegate also I choose every day I set priorities for my day so if you go to kidsmatter.com and you go to the store and you go to the leadership category you're going to see my um, the Ryan Frank printable productivity playbook. That's a tongue twister. That's why I had to say it slow. And I literally live by my playbook every day and it helps me. So this morning um, I filled out my one sheet and I do this religiously every day. Who, what are my priorities for the day? Who are the people that I need to talk to today? And if I get these things done, what are some things that I can do to move some projects forward? Now, this is not my to-do list. I keep my to-do list on an app on my computer but I visit my to-do list to determine what my priorities are for the day. Now, do I always get everything done? No. Um, sometimes do I end up doing something that's not on this sheet? Yes. Whenever you work with people, especially if you're in the ministry, that's going to happen. But I will tell you that by setting priorities for the day and choosing to do just these things first, it makes a big difference. Otherwise I'm going to, I would tell you, I'll tell you the truth. I would find myself doing stuff that I enjoy doing. I, and, and, and it's all good stuff, but the important things wouldn't get done. So I have to choose every day. What are the important things and set the priorities, set priorities to get those done and then delegate. And I think that will help you get organized and get more done too. If you delegate, if you delegate and you don't need a ton of people to delegate to, um, you just need a few good people on your team that you can delegate to and they don't have to be paid people. I delegate stuff all the time to people that are volunteers. Um, but, um, but they're willing to step in and help and they do. And then you just choose to get organized and choose to live by your priorities. All right. Um, next question. If you have a question for me, use that. Q&A button on your screen from Terry with an I. Will we get the replay videos from Megacon if we miss some? Good question, Terry. Megacon is in nine days. It's all online. Uh, if you miss, and it's not all day, it's just in the afternoon. It's like 12 to 4 Eastern every afternoon for five days. There is a lot of training that's going to happen. There are like 28 main stage speakers, over 220 or some breakouts, fuel ups, deep dives happen. You do get the replay videos if you have a paid ticket. So if you had already purchased a ticket for Megacon 2020 that was supposed to happen in Nashville, um, not only does that ticket count for 2021, but you are considered having a paid ticket. So you'll get 
what's called the vault, which is all the recordings. Now you can still purchase a ticket, which will get you all the recordings and your ticket for MegaCon in 2021 in Nashville. But if you have the free ticket, you don't get the video, you don't get the recordings with the complimentary ticket. Now you get to take part in all the training and the giveaways, <clears throat> and you'll probably have the opportunity to purchase the vault, all the training, but um, the, all the recordings go to the people that have paid tickets. Just one way to bless those people for making the investment, uh, the financial investment in Megacon. All right, good question, Terry. Brent, uh, is there, is, the, is it better to keep the older kids in children's ministry or move them up to youth ministry? Great question, Brent. Um, first of all, I think there is a really important, good argument that can be made for having a dedicated preteen ministry. Um, so I would encourage you, Brent, to look at that. Go to talk to Sean Sweet with 456.org, um, who is very, very passionate about resourcing. You have to spell it out, F-O-U-R-F-I-V-E-S-I-X.org, 456.org. You have a lot of great resources, curriculum, the blog, podcast, all kinds of good stuff. I think there's a good argument to make that you should have a dedicated preteen ministry. Um, you don't have to, but it's something to consider. Uh, but as far as like when you get to that middle school age, which I assume what you're talking about, Brent, fifth, sixth grade, do we keep them in Children's Street or move them on up? I would, I always advise churches and council churches to do what your local school does. So at our church, um, we have, we keep um, all the way through sixth grade is in children's ministry because in the schools around here, uh, elementary is through sixth grade. And then when you get into seventh grade, you move to junior high. So when we, when our kids move to seventh grade, they move to youth group. So I would maybe consider if, if your middle school is fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, maybe when they hit fifth grade, they go up into the youth group or there's a middle school ministry or a preteen ministry. I would probably um, try to match what your school does. All right, Brent. And again, a great resource on that is um, 456.org. Ellen, what? What do you what to do list app do you use on your computer? I use Todoist, T O D O, I S T. Um, I've used them all. I've used them all. I've and I'll rotate from time to time depending on what mood I'm in. Uh, but I've been probably with Todoist for the last year and used them a few years before that. I like it because it syncs real good between my phone and any of my devices. They, Todoist has some new features where you can build boards now. I haven't used that feature, but it's a new feature. You can also collaborate with Teams. I haven't used that feature either. I'm just using Todoist for my own personal to-do list. Um, I have different categories. So I have categories for things I need to do at home, things I need to do for Megacon, although that's really a whole big monster of its own. I don't know that I have a list for Megacon, but I have a list for the magazine. Um, I have a list for all of these different things that, that I do. Um, and then if I task somebody, something out to an employee or someone on my team, I go ahead and keep a list, a category with that person's name and Todoist with jobs that I've delegated to them. So I don't forget if they don't remember to close the, the circle and come back and, and update me. But I think Todoist is a good one. It's what I've been using for a while and 
I like it. Good question, Ellen. Okay, I'm only seeing one more question. So we'll answer this one, and then if y'all don't have any more, we'll wrap up. Um, Jen, how do you grow your confidence? I just left a toxic work environment where I was constantly put down. Yeah, Jen, that's tough. Um, it's, it's, it sounds like you've left the toxic environment. I'm glad you got out of that because if you're in a toxic environment, that will bring you down. The atmosphere of where you work is so important. Um, the difference between heaven and earth is atmosphere. And in Genesis chapter one, it was called the firmament. And it's amazing when you have the right atmosphere, it's so much easier for heaven to come down to earth. And if you are in a toxic work environment, um, that's tough. And I've, I've worked in some toxic environments before and it's not easy. And so I'm, I'm glad you got out of that situation. I know it's not always easy to get out. Um, but I would say, Jen, you need to, I, I want to encourage you to really know who you are. So really, and be good with it, Jen. So we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. Okay. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. Be good with your strengths and embrace your weaknesses. So um, one of my strengths is I feel like I have good interpersonal skills, okay? I, I enjoy talking to people and making people feel important and making people feel special. One of my weaknesses is that I have a hard time going deep with people. So um, I don't know that I have a lot of people in my life that I would say are like best friends that I share my soul with because that's just a weakness of mine. Um, I've got a lot going on and I enjoy knowing a, a million people as opposed to just knowing three people really, really well. That's not good. I need more people like that in my life that I can go deep with. And I understand that that's a weakness and a point, a, pot, a spot in my life where I can be vulnerable. Um, maybe you're not real organized. Be a, embrace that weakness. Now, with your weaknesses, here's the thing. Know your, know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Um, grow in the areas that you're weak. So don't just excuse them away. Well, I'm not a people person. It is what it is. Or I'm not organized. It is what it is. Um, now, you need to grow in your skills, but, it, but then also build a team around you to, to support your weaknesses. So if you're not real organized, get some volunteers on your team that are organized. If you're lousy with managing budgets, don't manage your budget. Get a volunteer on your team to help you manage your budget. If you're not real good with people, make sure you've got some people on your team that are super outgoing and people oriented. Um, and then, Jen, Jen, I would say this too. I want you to be really confident in who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, and who God how God created you. And lean in on the Lord for strength. Lean on the Lord for strength. And don't put too much attention on what other people say about you or think about you. Really, what someone else thinks about you is none of your business. It's really not. And we all have people who don't like us. But here's the thing, it's none of my business and I'm not gonna get hung up about it. And if somebody says something mean on one of my Facebook posts or somebody looks at me the wrong way at church, um, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna let that ruin my day. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm gonna understand who I am and how God has made me. And I wanna grow, but I'm also, you know, I'm not living for the applause of people and for the, for the approval of people. 
Um, I'm at the end of the day living my life to please the Lord and to serve him. So Jen, I hope that that helps you. Um, spend a lot of time in God's word, asking the Holy Spirit to help you and to reveal to you who you are in Christ and bring the right people in your life. And I believe that'll really help you. All right. We have a couple more questions that have come in. Um, Kathy, can you explain family ministry versus children's ministry? I get confused. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's the deal. The, in a, to a degree, the lines get blurred, right? Um, because as I think traditional children's ministry, when I was hired as a children's pastor, um, when I was hired as a children's pastor, my job description was run Sunday school, run children's church, run VBS, do camp, run Awana. And it was where all these children's ministries. Well, this has morphed over time where, and I think it's a good thing, where the churches realize that discipleship for the life in the life of a child happens best when the church and family work together. And so as a children's pastor, my ministry is not just to those kids, but it's to parents and equipping and resourcing and helping parents um, in the spiritual development of their kids. Um, so family, the whole role of family ministry has kind of come into the space of children's ministry. I think when you think traditional children's ministry, you think ministry to kids, right? I do Sunday school, children's church, vacation Bible school. When you think family ministry, um, you know, you might think like seminars for parents, resourcing mom and dad, uh, doing some family events at the church where mom and dad and the kids come together. Um, I'm encouraging parents to lead their children spiritually at home, but they don't have to be separate. They can come together, right? And you don't need to worry, don't, don't get hung up on the titles. So does that mean I'm the children's ministry and family ministry director? Should I change my title from children's pastor to family pastor? At the end of the day, what you need to do is you need to, as a pastor, you need to care for the spiritual lives of your kids. But you need to understand that you're also wearing this hat of, of helping mom and dad. So along the way, how can I resource mom and dad? And in doing so, you're kind of fulfilling that children's pastor role and that family pastor role. Hope that that helps you, Kathy. Um, Margie, what app do you use for group messaging? Uh, you know, a lot of people use GroupMe. I don't use GroupMe. Um, I don't really use a group messaging app. Now, if you're on my text list, um, I use something called simple texting, but it's really expensive because I have several thousand people that get my text messages every week. If you don't get my text messages, you can go to ryanfrank.com and at the top of the page, uh, there's a link to get my text messages. It's called insider list or something like that. So I have to pay hundreds of dollars every month to text people. Um, but there are free things like GroupMe. Um, I don't know the churches use. You might, Margie, you could ask in um, the I Love Kidman Facebook group, hey, what app do you all use to group message? And I'm sure within five minutes, you'll start hearing from people. All right, well, y'all, I think that's all the questions. Thank you for joining me today. Hope to see y'all um, the week after next for Megacon. It's happening online. The website is kidmennation.com to get registered. All right, friends, have a great weekend. Be blessed. 
This episode of the Ryan Frank podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more productivity and life hacks to help you stay on the leading edge. And if you like what you heard, please rate this podcast with five stars. Thanks so much and talk to you next time.